On tonight's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if the Taste Buds will be able to focus on their world beyond review, if X-Men the Animated Series is as good as they remember, and if Wolverine will go where he wants to, and if Jubilee's name will ever make sense, and if Rogue finds out what bug crawled up Jubilee's shorts, and if Gambit does everything with style, petite, with style, and if Beast finds everything disconcerting yet provocative, and if Morph can get that boost over the fence, and, and, and... All of that and more on the all-new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name, you know it, you've heard it in all the legends, but I will speak it right now. My name is Cassie, and I am here to host this episode, which means that I am here to lead us through this adventure and all this comic book TV. I've brought some other legends along with me to help, though, and of course, you know his legends of his bold personality, and I'm sure he'll display it tonight. Here with me, as always, is my good friend, Ryan. Bold is right, baby. Bold as fuck. I'm going to bold all bold over this like, room. Like extra bold Doritos, like the same level. All that powdery level, same. That's what I like. picture Ryan as. If you thought, I think that's fair. If you thought I was cheddar, no, bolder. Pepper Jack. I'm Pepper Jack now. Oh, man, a little spice to that boldness. I like it. Bringing a little bit of that sass. And I think that is how everybody knows you. So thank you for being here. <laughs> You're welcome. We also have... <laughs> We also have another legend here, uh, Mike. How's it going? What the shit is that shit? Sorry, hold on. Wait. Ryan have- is bold and gets all these like great, like he's better than wait. Doritos. What it- it's just like here's the legend of Mister Babe. I wanted to give you a chance to like set your own legend, but give me a second. Yeah, here. I all think right. mine's the legend of Mister Whiny Pants, but it's because <laughs> the system is goddamn against me. What it says on the cue card is, uh, "Here comes uh, bold and bald." So, would you rather have her read that? <laughs> I mean, if we're going to be accurate, add in the ING, it's balding. I'm not there okay. yet. <laughs> Here's the brave little bold balding boy, Mike. <laughs> As legends, legends have also, proclaimed. Also belding. He's a lot like Mr. Belding. No, isn't there something sketchy in that guy's past? Isn't there? That's what I mean. <laughs> I don't, You're I don't picking like up on this. it right now. You are bold, Ryan. You're going after big belding himself. Bold and sassy like that pepper jack cheese, just like he said. Well, what kind of guys, cheese am I? Um, what ch- uh, Wait, hold mild on. Mild cheddar? Can we go back to the Beastie Boys song Cassie just started? <laughs> Bold and sassy <laughs> like the pepper jack cheese. Cheese! <laughs> Have we ever considered creating a boys to Beastie Boys cover band? Beastie Boys to men? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's so hard to Beastie- say goodbye. We say, yes. Boys to men songs in the style of Beastie Boys and Beastie Boys songs in the style of Boys to Men. That is what we do. Oh man. That is um all I can think about right now. Girl, I'm stuck on that. Are you fighting for your right to party? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh well you guys we do have the, I don't know if you've heard the legend of um the asteroid that's gonna hit soon. I just want this like to be a special episode because like this asteroid might take out like us. And Thank this God. could be the very last one. I know. 
but I just don't want us to leave anything on the table, anything unsaid. Like, I yeah. just want this to be the best episode we can have. And I think we started good with calling you, like, mild cheese. <laughs> so. so rude, man. <laughs> yeah, so you want whatever, like, uh, evolved insectoid to come that, like, that has brain capacity to find this podcast. Like, we got to make the last one good show for them. But yes, 100%. It, if this is our last episode, then I have a suggestion. There's something that I've always wanted to do on this podcast um and i like i i can't believe that we might do it today this is so exciting for me and mike you've been waiting so long for this too. uh review an episode of the walking dead colon world beyond that i i think we've been doing this for for nigh on five years and since day one i cannot wait to just review an episode world beyond world be uh well I mean, you guys are chanting for it. I can't deny you that. We are going to be actually doing that for the main event. But oh, before shit. that, we are dying. That's what we're, we are dying. We're going to get to that right away, even. That's how you know we're dying. We're going straight to this main event because afterwards, we've got a, a new show we're reviewing, a new old show known as X Men, the animated series. Oh, I'm shivering <laughs> in anticipation. On this week's episode of The Walking Dead World Beyond. The kids get to experience what high school was like for all of us as they look for supplies in an abandoned school while on their journey. Just like every good high school experience, there's included drinking stale soda, having fake deep conversations, ballroom dancing in the gym, avoiding rabid wolves, and at least three, but no more than five, empties wandering about. So Taste Buds, I ask you, are these kids the most realistically written teens we've ever seen, or are they the worst? It's pretty realistic, because kids are the worst. Kids are the worst. Fact. I mean, yeah, if you want it to be realistic, then they do have to be this boring and thoughtless and without experience, right? Summer camp rules dictate... Summer camp rules! uh, (laughs) It does. uh, That if you split up, you will milk every moment it can. So, like, I'm going to fall in love in the next 10 minutes. I'm going to, like, have every philosophical, thoughtful conversation. And I think it's also pretty accurate that the adults get sucked back into the kids' level. uh, Because everybody just wishes when they could be... uh, unembarrassed unabashed just like sickeningly sincere yeah not to and not to be too topical it. but there's more bonding here than in sean connery's filmography oh he's dead we miss you sean <laughs> <laughs> did you guys yeah, see all, I... all of the tweets that said rest in peace <laughs> <laughs> no it's because he can't talk right that's fun <laughs> i get it though i see it but i really struggled with like these kids because like Half of me was so angry because, like, I couldn't stand them. And then I was like, but wait, I don't think I could stand teens in general. And, mm. like, it just, like, it felt like we all know I think almost every Walking Dead episode is boring. In this one, there was just, like, so much stuff that felt like it didn't need to be there. Like, we spent, like, 15 minutes with those two locked in the gym because that one walker was in the room. And then they just walked <laughs> past that walker later. Or it, the empty, it, it, sorry. Geograph, yeah, call it right. This is the empty franchise. Uh, geographically, <laughs> I was very confused because they was it they just refused to go backwards, <laughs> like they went in fine, and then they were just like, "We're stuck here now." There was like two doors, so the one was like locked due to mildew or some shit, and then the other one had a walker who just kind of stood there, and like they were scared to just walk around that walker. Empty, it, it is Cassie. Empty, empty. So empty. God damn it, we're gonna get I'm sued. It is interesting because we're used to uh, on the other two because there are three goddamn Walking Dead series. On the other two, all those people know how to fight and are fine with it, but these kids are frozen like by by one, and it's because the grown-ups told them don't even try. Yeah, versus I couldn't tell if it was just out of being scared or if it was because 
it's fucking libtards. Like they're so liberal that they refuse to kill these like uh, live beans. It, it's it probably is different for each. I do like that uh, Silas won't do it because he will yeah. turn into the Incredible Hulk <laughs> if he kills one. Uh, I like that. I still I don't know what his past was. Maybe they dealt with that in the episode that we haven't covered, like didn't watch last week. But uh, he did something, and now people are kind of scared of him, even though it's very confusing. Like the way they talk, it's almost also like the kids experience the real world at mm-hmm. times. But other times, it's like no, of course they didn't. They were four when this happened. The other yeah. thing too about that character is that he doesn't talk a lot. He just makes like grunts and noises. And there was one part where after it was all done, he was like. Ugh. And I was like, damn, Silas, Silas, you know? <laughs> that Hulk should have said that. Yeah, that, wouldn't that have been better? Character. It was- it's also, so it's uh, Silas and, and Iris uh, yeah. belong together because their names rhyme. Mm-hmm. But they're the ones stuck in the, they're, they're drinking the old soda, which who knows if that could still be good. But he, he has like a Walkman. And he's like, oh, this was my grandma's favorite song. And it is like old classical music in a waltz. But based on how old they are and everything, it should have been like Fleetwood Mac. That's, That's like there's expecting. no way his grandma was from the 1800s. Yeah. I think I think all of that kind of stuff that you're listing, Mike, is totally fucking up in the air and willy nilly. Um, I don't. They're like, oh my god, soda out of out of a can. Does that mean that they're only drinking soda out of two liter bottles? Which I understand does go <laughs> flat quicker, but they're so blown away by it. And then also, yeah, the music that they had, and I don't know how they're charging that Walkman anyway, or if they have a supply of batteries. And then the big, I think the big one was. Sadie Hawkins? What does that oh, mean? Yeah. yeah, she must have gone here. <laughs> <laughs> Got a banner all to herself? Man, what a bitch. The timeline's uh, so confusing. Fun, fun high school moments is it, uh, a bully shoved a kid in a locker and then the zombie outbreak hit and nobody let that kid out because there's a zombie stuck in the locker that they debated opening it up to kill it or not. And they're like, just leave him in there. That's, like, that's your generic bully, though. That's their dream, right? Like, when you yeah. shove a kid in a locker, you're like, I fucking hope a zombie breakout <laughs> happens. <laughs> and so, yeah, that means that kid starved to death and became a zombie in that locker. Yeah. That is, I want a bottle episode of that one true horrible moment. That would be terrifying. It would be the most nightmare thing. And they straight up did. They just walked past it. They do, like, jiggled the handle. And he was like, that's staying there. We'll, let's move on. I was like, okay. Good, yeah, good work, was- guys. <laughs> supposedly like we got to know corduroy is claustrophobic and had a fucked up childhood mm-hmm. but uh, i also like that that's all i've called him and the adult characters also <laughs> yeah. only call him that <laughs> because they're not gonna learn his name if you wear and cords, you're he's the weak link. <laughs> well yeah he's wearing a suit from head to toe in corduroy is he the he's weak like link or is he the is like is he the weak link because he's weak or because he's smart yes both yeah <laughs> i guess they both go hand in hand they go hand in hand. I think it's because he's not like tight with the girls. Like they know the girls are the the power duo here. That you're not going to peel them off. So they're like, let's go for this squirrely kid. But as far as the conversations go in general, like let's set our bar a little differently and let's go with other episodes in the Walking Dead franchise. Do you guys think that at least? I mean, this is not. I would not say that this is um, a link later movie as far as the deep conversations between youths. But do you think it at least holds? it's ground with other shows in this franchise. Yeah. I think this is still like the other, like the pilot. I think this is the best episode of walking dead I've seen in years. Oh, damn. Really? It just like, but there's nothing. Is it the characters that are making it like the best or what's making it the best for you? 
I, I do think you get a when adults do something stupid, you're like, that's dumb. When kids do it, you're like, I don't know. That is More true. Forgiving. Like when there's a point where Hope says to Hauk, I think it's in a flashback, she's like, Oh my god, stop. I'm so embarrassed for you right now. And I'm like, I can't tell if that's legit bad acting from the actress or if Hope is trying to be different in this moment right now. Like mm-hmm. so I think you get and the kids when they were dancing, it was like legit cute and fun faces. Like oh, they good. sold that. Uh so I don't know. I think it might just be I'm endeared a little more to the the age. Yeah. Versus when adults act like idiots, I'm like, fuck this. I think the things that they're tackling are smaller too. Like mm-hmm. with these kids, they don't have that much experience, and I don't, I don't think the writers do either. Uh, and so they're tackling these very small things, and they'll like they'll flash back to like a couple of weeks ago, or they'll flash back to something very small that happened. Whereas with other Walking Dead characters, they'll look out a window, see disaster, and be like. Oh, here's my entire philosophy on this topic, and it's just the worst Cliff's Notes bullshit that any yeah. like you know high school student could have written. Mm-hmm. It is like I think I agree with you, Mike, that you're more like endeared to the kids because, and it's definitely in strong contrast when we see these kids versus those two adults that are with them because they are absolutely unbearable. Like I cannot, I have like. How angry Ryan got about Damon in Hellstrom is like every time that leader dude is on the screen for me. Like what? as soon as he started to give a speech about his fucking tattoo and the meaning behind it, I was like, get off here. I don't want you. I can't tell which one I hate more because the the dude is named Felix and the girls in the beginning of the episode do an impression of him because he's easy to do an impression of because he's a fucking douche. And he's like, oh, okay, funny. And then goes back to being that exact same amount of douche. <laughs> like, here's here's more material for your fucking impressions, guys. And then, but the girl, I like, I do not know what... Hauk. I don't. I never learned her name. I called her Razamataz because that seems like a slang word that she would say in her actual dialogue. It, she is intolerable. She, d- she does seem like she shouldn't be in a live action Walking Dead show. She should probably be in a cartoon from the 90s where you know people are different because all their voices and the words they use are so different from each other. What's up, baby? That's Razamataz. <laughs> but yeah, her unbearable moment was when she put on the shutter shades. They found shutter shades in the locker, uh-huh. and she put those on and threw up like the peace sign. And while you're like crouched down the hall, I was like, "Please no, please stop." It but was I mean, too... that was meant to be like the moment where we relate to her. Like, oh, uh-huh. right. this like super soldier, like two dimensional character. No, it's a real person with feelings, and that backfired. I think the other thing that did too is uh, the dance scene, like when Silas and Iris are <laughs> Cyrus and I- the couple names? Cyrus and I- Ilis. <laughs> Are uh, in the thing and they're like, oh, let's just let's just dance real quick, and all of a sudden it becomes this ballroom, and they get to like sort of imaginarily ex- uh, experience. I I could feel the writers in the writers' room being like, we did it, guys. We yeah. fucking <laughs> people are gonna love this scene so much. Yeah, there's there's two moments. There's that, and uh, Iris finds a uh, yearbook, and she slips into High School Musical. Like she oh, imagines yeah. how it would all be, and it's like it feels very like Nickelodeon shot at that point. And both of those were stupid, but I do like the show's trying. At least it, <laughs> I don't know. It feels like kids are making it, so I'm like, you're doing it. And yeah, there's a little bit of creativity. It's not like, all right, we have seven minutes. Let's pump out the Walking Dead script that we owe. <laughs> right, and it, it's that they they're, they're all like stock characters, but there are four distinct characters, and then the the adult share a personality basically. But versus the other two Walking Dead, it was all just shades of Rick. Like, yeah. nobody was different. It was all just Ricks talking to each other all the time. Yeah, I could see that. 
I also think you some like explained it perfectly. It does 100% feel like a, like a high school student made video. Like that is the feel of it 100%. Uh the and other the, No, go sorry, for it. Sorry, go. The, the, there's something actually scary and I don't know if we'll never see it or if it was supposed to be that wolf, but at some point a zombie is like pretty laughably like crawling like it's just the torso yeah. and then something unseen drags it back and I'm like, "Oh shit, we're a decade into the virus." Yeah. Is something worse out there, Resident Evil style? It's that wolf, and I, it is. If it's just that, then that's boring. That's dumb. <laughs> that wolf plot line annoyed me too, because I feel like the only reason they put it in there was so they can make the wolf connection, so that one um, like edgy chick could make the connection that her dad was like a protective wolf. So she mm-hmm. like like that was. I feel like that was the point of putting wolves in the school, and that was it. And I was like, what? The fuck the show, man. What is it doing? And we know wolf men have nards, but. Has science ever discovered whether or not just straight up wolves have nards? No. And not yet, if, no. If we find out that they do, is the way to beat the wolf to run around behind it and kick it in the nards? <laughs> yeah. And then timber wolf it. <laughs> it's a lot of wolf related activity. <laughs> but yeah, as of right now, I just can't tell like where this show is fully going. And if I'm being honest, I'm probably not going to give it the shot. It was it was an okay episode, but it still it still was a Walking Dead episode for me. I want to compliment one thing real quick, and they—I always get the names of the sisters mixed up. Um, so Hope is the the punk rock badass, right? Yeah. And I want to give them credit for instead of showing Iris with the dad in the flashbacks, they showed Hope because we mm-hmm. can we can imagine exactly what the scenes would be with Iris and her dad, and that's typically what then The Walking Dead does is like let's do the most obvious thing. The Hope and her dad scenes, I think, were. So much more interesting than the Iris and the dad scenes would have been. And I like that there was this sort of like Reed and Valeria flair to it. You know, like they sort of like try to one up each other on science. Um, I don't know. I think that that did. a. I I wanted to stay in that time way more than I did in the high school time. Yeah, Yeah, it's that relationship is interesting that he's both annoyed with her, but also impressed that she's smart and can talk him down like but and also the goofiest line that made me like the dad was uh i trust my brain and my brain is telling me to trust these people (laughs) (laughs) i trust my brain and he's 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 a pretty good dad i guess like uh i'm reading this book by lindy west called shit actually and she just talks shit on movies and uh one of them is honey i shrunk the kids and what it would be like to be married to wayne Zelinsky and how awful (laughs) that would be just fucking Like, how was the wife not left him? He fucking shrunk the kids because of his shrink ray. And he gave off that vibe, too, of, like, how hard it would yeah. be to live, like, to have in your family this, like, absent-minded professor, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is probably, like, one of the more interesting things that they have. So, I like, I, as they move on with that storyline, it will probably get better. So, um, if you want to watch it, it is on Sundays on AMC. Coming up next, we are doing something crazy, and we are going straight to the pool list. <laughs> We are back. It is time for the pool list where we talk about all the other shows we watched this week. First show starting it off is Fear the Walking Dead. On this week's episode of Fear the Walking Dead, Al and Dwight go rogue on a recon mission for Ginny. Al must choose between what she has now and what she's chasing. Taste Buds, I ask you this. I just said the word rogue. Rogue is an X-Man. Do you wish we were talking about X-Men the Animated Series instead of Fear the Walking Dead? (laughs) Mon cherie. Of course I do. I love how you always go back to, what's his name? Uh, Keenan. Oh, from all that? Keenan Thompson, yeah, in the bathtub. (laughs) That's the French accent I know. (laughs) 
one. It was how he was formed as a kid on all that. But yeah, I definitely wish we were talking about that instead. Do we want to just go ahead and go for that? I I, I wish we were talking about all that instead of this. <laughs> oh, man. All right, no. let's fucking get through every episode of X-Men, the animated series, as fast as possible <laughs> so we can review all that episode by episode. I bet that that is not actually a podcast, and for good reason. Let's be the one. Someone's got to be that hero and step up, Ryan. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead is on Sundays on AMC. Our next show is Hellstrom. In episodes two and three of Hellstrom, a horrific accident leads to Damon and Gabriella fighting to save a man's soul while a dark force attempts to stop them. Before Damon and Anna learn more about the destruction of their father left in his wake, they pay a visit to a potential victim and find themselves in deeper than they ever could have imagined. Taste Buds ask you this. How would you handle the knowledge that your father was a serial killer? I did okay with it. <laughs> uh, we created a podcast, so thank you. Yeah. Here we are. This is how we're coping this is with just it. The, yeah, the real, the, the parenthetical of the Superior Show show is help Ryan deal. <laughs> Oh, I thought you guys said all of our fathers were serial killers. Is it really just me? Yeah. We just we lied to make you think you're not a freak. Oh, well, that's fine. You're not alone in this, Ryan. 100%. But yeah, uh I would not I would not look into if I I would not be like, let's dive more into our past if it was that bad. I'd be like, let's remember how we didn't talk and lived in different places. Let's go back to doing that. Yeah. Now, Mike I, I'm he- I'm reading here that you did not watch the first episode of X-Men, the animated series, in preparation for the show. You're, you said you were going to opt out of us doing that, and instead you watched Hellstrom episode two and three four or five times this week. Did, yes. Was that a good decision? Do you regret that, Duff? Uh I have been speaking like all the characters, so I know the people around me regret it. <laughs> yeah, how gravely can you get that voice? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just oh, wow. too cool to well. do the thing you're asking me to do right now. Mm-hmm. Give me that whiskey. <laughs> One of my favorite movies was uh, the 1970s version of Hellstrom starring Clint Eastwood. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Hulu picked that one up. Uh, speaking of, it's on Hulu if you want to watch Hellstrom. That is it for the pull list, you guys. Now we Woo! finally get to what everyone came here for, why we're even doing this show today. We are going to be talking about X-Men, the animated series. Welcome to Eggs Tasmania, bitch, a mini show within a show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at Fox's seminal and underrated early morning soap opera of the mid-90s, X-Men the Animated Series. I'm still Cassie, I'm still the host, I'm still joined by Mike and Ryan, who are huge X-Men the Animated Series fans. How's it going, you guys? How stoked are you? I don't think we've revealed that yet, have we? I mean, what that you're huge fans. I think besides know that by listening, all to of you. the stuff that we've talked today, all yeah. the stuff that we've talked over the last five years, the fact that the X Men animated series uh, theme song is a major part of our theme our song theme for song. this show. <laughs> uh, that we possibly know. Always talk about how we go where we want to go. <laughs> it this this I I no no lie no exaggeration no hyperbole. I don't think I would be who I am without this show. This yeah. set me on a goddamn course. <laughs> I'm so excited. We'll dig into all of that. Let me introduce everybody. In case nobody else has lis- like watched X-Men the Animated Series, let me just get them caught up to date with where we are, and then we're going to dig into like how deep of an impact this had on you. So, 
1990, Margaret Loesch was the head of Fox Kids. She was the only person on the planet who couldn't shake pride of the X-Men, a failed animated pilot, and convinced her superiors to make 13 episodes of an X-Men cartoon. The world would never be the same. After multiple delays, the first two episodes aired on Halloween of 1992, with literally hundreds of animation errors. A few months later, Fox re-aired fixed versions of the two-part pilot along with rest of the rest of the first season and shattered ratings, ratings records. Over the five years the show was on TV, X-Men would go through a Marvel bankruptcy, severe budget cuts, and attempt to tinker with the adult tones of the show. Taste buds, before we get into the first episodes, I ask you this. What is the legacy of X-Men the Animated Series, and what does the show mean to you? I honestly, as much as I believe that this show changed the world, and as much as it changed my life, I have to just back up, because it pales in comparison to what it means to Mike. So, Mike, take it away. (laughs) It's formative to him. Imagine a a little five-year-old Mike. Uh, he just got told he was moving 3,000 miles away from most of his family and friends. and so he's To Westchester? Angrily, to Westchester. He's angrily clicking through the TV. And no, we were too poor. We did not have a remote. So sitting an inch from the TV, just going through the five channels we had. And then this crazy song. And people who look crazy are on it. And then I just slack jaw, jaw on the floor, watched Night of the Sentinels Part 1. And never looked back. Uh, even I that, love that. the cinematic part of that story of <laughs> you were flipping the channels as a five-year-old who, let's be honest, knowing you now as a five-year-old, you were you were not a bright boy um, and stopped right with the second, like the second that the show began airing, you know, yes. like it was that perfect movie moment of it just <laughs> came on right at that second. I'm sure it was like in the middle of Jubilee crawling down the hallway while Morph was laughing watching TV. Because that is, that, that's like the first memory I have of this show. Which is why Morph <laughs> is my favorite, even though he is the most forgotten of characters. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that voice. Yeah, finally I was on TV. You saw yourself. Uh, so Ryan, it didn't, it didn't form you as a person, but like, were you watching this as a kid? Like as soon it- as it came out, did you know the days it was airing and everything? Oh fuck! Like I, we, we, me and my brother knew about this for like at least a year, and just like it's hard for me to remember because this is right when I got into comic books. So it's hard for me to remember if it was the cartoon then comics or comics then cartoon. I actually think, if I'm going to be honest, it was cards. Oh I, yeah, I, I first got into Marvel cards and Marvel then, masterpiece, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for a short amount of time, um, because I'm a lot older than Mike, so I eventually found like dirt bikes and pussy. But for a short amount of time, <laughs> this was this was my first required viewing. Like we were in front of that TV, and there was like my brother and I quit little league. We quit soccer. Like we quit <laughs> all Saturday morning activities to be able to. And like back then, Cassie, this is probably something you don't understand. If you missed that Saturday morning, that episode was fucking gone forever. Like you yeah, may maybe never you'd see, see it. a rerun in the summer, but maybe it would be out maybe of order. Might. And oh. this was like. If you missed one episode, it would feel like you missed two months of the plot line. It That's the other thing, too, is that never motoring. before in my life was was an episode of a show, like, part four of five. You know? Like, yeah. this, mm-hmm. this not, we're, we're going to talk about how it changed the world, but for me and Mike, this is why, this is what created the OCD. Like, this is, it's not just superheroes. This is what created our love of, like, soapy, Soap romantic, opera, yeah. serialized stories. Yeah. Big personalities. Yeah, this is what got me into comic books. Uh this is what made Mike love triangles. That's why he's always calling people in for supper. <laughs> <laughs> but was it, 
So was it like, would you show up to school like on Mondays and everybody was talking about like what happened in X-Men? Was it as big for everyone or was it specifically like nerd specific? Uh, Mike and I didn't talk to people at school. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't have friends. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. I was in X-Men the cartoon and my hermit crab. So I don't know what the other kids were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Most of my friends at the time, I believe, if I'm getting my timeline correct, uh, were into legalized gambling. Um, th- throwing Hogs. things, th- throwing things at tiny cardboard circles. So that's what took up most of their time. That's fair. And uh, I just want to check in the 1990s like feel of it all. Like the clothing felt more 80s to me, but it definitely had a 90s vibe throughout it. Well, yeah, they say especially with like people who aren't talented, decades will run over for at least three or four years. So these are people who are still definitely stuck in the 80s. And I think X-Men was like that, too. Like, if you read 90s X-Men comics, it's 80s hair, it's 80s clothes. Yeah. Because, yeah, the 90s were ill-defined in the beginning. Right. Yeah, they still had, like, she was, we meet Jubilee, like, at an arcade. We'll get into that later, too. But, like, they went to, like, an arcade place, and, like, they were putting quarters in, and I was like, I don't know if this was full 90s. Like, we definitely had arcades, but, like, that vibe was earlier. It's very 80s, but I, I think 90s Mallrat is is huge, and mm. I think that's what the pilot perfectly sets itself up in, because most of it takes place in the mall, and yeah, I, I think that part was very accurate. It's just the style of clothes, yeah. and Rogue's fucking hair, man. God, man. <laughs> now, since we're talking well, about style- Wait, hold on. Let's, let's go back to that. Uh, I know the audience can't see it, but- Let's go back to that arcade scene real quick, because I just want to talk real quick about the person who is next to Jubilee. Um, if you guys can see this, uh huh. So behind Jubilee, in the like in the foreground, this person is wearing a full-on mullet. Do not know if it's a man or a woman. A headband, a skirt, and then pants, and then things that are covering their knee, and then boots, yeah. and and then also one of those like bomber jackets. Yeah, the knee pads, it's it's like, I assume their skateboard is on the other side of the arcades because they're going to skate away and they don't want to hurt them knees. Do you know what this design, what makes me think is like, somebody was like, oh, how do we make Jubilee not look ridiculous? We have to to put somebody more ridiculous here. It's a good look and I'm considering like adapting and going for that. I'm about to go hit Goodwill as soon as we're done recording. We're recording this on Halloween. If you went to a Halloween party tonight, dressed as that person, imagine if somebody walked up to you and they were like, person playing arcade games behind Jubilee from the first episode of X-Men? Is that person your new best friend or are they the worst? You You pepper spray them and you run. (laughs) They are too deep and know too much. I cannot. Uh, But yeah, like I do want to talk about the animation style a bit too because it does bring out all their best features, all their clothes, Rogue's hair, everything about it. So, there is another pretty important cartoon from 1992 that still holds up. Uh, X-Men does not, when they're moving. The stills are fun, and they're bright and bombastic, and it does. it is feels like a lot of way the anti-Batman, the animated series. But in the worst ways, it's the anti-Batman, the animated series, because it looks like garbage. Yeah, I think what happened, and you can tell this because... Like, like Cassie said, there's literally hundreds of animation mistakes. Like, they just could not get this shit done on time. Mm-hmm. Is that they wanted it to look like the comic book. And at the time, right. Jim Lee was drawing the comic book. And he's a very detailed, like, lots of pencil strokes in his panels. And so, yeah, like Mike said, if you freeze, if you look at a still, 
then it looks okay. It looks similar to the comic books. But then to have those people move around, which is such an integral part of animation, it's the thing that keeps <laughs> yeah. like it. That it makes it go from comic book to animation. It's hard to watch sometimes, guys. Thinking about Gambit himself, there is a thousand lines that go into his because every knee pad, every weird chest piece is articulated and can move independently of everything else. Like, there's oh, so yeah. much detail on him. Whereas each of in- his abs are separate from each other, like they are <laughs> different entities. Like, <laughs> and sometimes they'll just float away, and he has to like collect them and bring them all back to his stomach. Uh, whereas in Batman, it was so simplistic, you could tell that they were. Not just like it, like this uh, Art Deco like modern take, but also planning for the future, knowing yeah. that animators had to animate, and <laughs> if we make it any more detailed than this, they'll be fucked. Yeah, but like as kids, did you guys notice how bad the animation is? Obviously now, but as kids, were you just no. so excited? Yeah. Like I, I can't think- imagine. Like in this age, if you would have had like if this was out when I was a kid, and I had the TiVo ability to freeze it, then versus playing it, which is just too much power. I feel like I would have noticed then, but you know, back in the day, would have been lit. I think that I, I think that I could. There, you probably knew a difference between B Taz and X Taz. Yeah. Even though you couldn't like put our your finger on it like we are now, I mm-hmm. think that you could tell that one felt cleaner, mm-hmm. just like more enjoyable to watch. Even if you could, if you weren't sure of like why that was. Yeah, and it's not just B Taz. It's not like this was just a head above the rest, even though it was Animaniacs. Uh, and Tiny Toons, like, there was a lot of good-looking cartoons in this era, and X-Men mm-hmm. just wasn't one of them. And let's be honest, this is the intro part. Everyone's fast-forwarding past this to get to Night of the Sentinels, and I totally understand. Uh, so I'll just say this real quick. Beat, like, if we were doing every episode of B-Taz, we would come on every week and be like, that was just that was just good. That was so good. Part, part, we're doing X-Taz because of how good and bad it is all at the same yeah. time, yeah. if we're going to be totally honest. It's, it's that like- bad good. It's the perfect mix of both. You got to. Uh, we will get onto that episode, but before, I do want to talk about, you guys mentioned just how important this theme song is, how hard it slaps, so we got to talk about those opening credits. It's like one of the best ones, because you get an intro to everybody, and it's just got the mm-hmm. best freaking intro song. It goes further than intro to everybody. It, it shows us their logos. Like, yeah. the beast is in the air, and it's all furry and shit. Yeah, it's like, I want you to kind of know their personality, because he's like reading a book hanging upside down from his own name, like, mm-hmm. and sets up like sets up a scene you will never see in the show. Which even as a kid I thought was bullshit that we never got the X Men versus the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants sprinting at each other. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which is a tactic that has not been done since the Civil War. That is not a good way to fight. <laughs> yeah, when all of you have crazy powers, why would you stand up shoulder to shoulder? Have Cyclops run right at Juggernaut and then shoot him? What are we doing here? It's insane. But- it is, uh, I think of it all the time. I hum it to myself all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you pointed out, uh, Ryan, it is the major part of our own theme song. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just fine. But like, even like, if, if you're turning a corner, if you're driving and turning a corner a little fast, I'm still like, dun, 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 dun. It's just the perfect theme song for any epic moment. I got legit chills. I got thrown back to being that little five-year-old when I hit play because it's been years since I've watched it. It's so yeah. and it's so much better than the Pride of X Men theme song, which was a dog shit cartoon with a dog shit theme song. And I cannot wait till we're done this and we can watch that special. That one is like Pride, 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 Pride of X Men, X Men, X Men, Pride yeah. of X Men. They were really into the Duke of Earl. <laughs> Just Who no isn't? The person had the song. Uh, I think it was X Men, X Men, friggin' A, friggin' A, like over and over. 
<laughs> All right, you guys. Coming up next, I'm going to test your guys' knowledge. You guys, it's a formative show for you guys. I just want to see how deep this runs. So we're going to do a bit of trivia coming up next. All right, you guys. It's the moment you two have been waiting for. I know you guys love to just be in competition with each other, love to see who oh, yeah. knows more about something, and I can only assume this one is going to run deep and it's going to get a little violent, maybe. So I'm excited, personally. Can't wait for this. Um, we're just going to go ahead and jump right into this. I'm going to throw a trivia question at you, ring in with your name, and we'll uh, see who gets the most points. All right, first question. Which character was intended to be a throwaway character, but became unexpectedly popular, causing him to be brought back? Ryan. Mike. Mike. Morph. Unbelievable. That's, that's Unbelievable. right. It was Morph. <laughs> We're already of starting off with this. God, it's got to be. Simply, you could tell from the moment he's on screen, he was not meant to be there. But people, they gave him that <laughs> laugh, and you just have to keep him. See, I disagree. He's clearly the breakout character. <laughs> Actually... Earlier I said I don't know what happened first, but now you saying that, Cassie, makes me realize it was comic books. Because I remember seeing Morph on the cartoon and being like, what the fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> I'm glad you got angry about that, even as a kid. All right, next question. <laughs> Would you consider Mike to be the Morph of your pop filter? Mike. Mike. <laughs> of course. That's what we had to determine with a laugh, and I think you fucking nailed it on that one, dude. That was good. But Ryan, I will give you a chance. Do you got that laugh? Uh... Uh, do I have the mic? Oh, d- are you saying that I might be the morph? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it is Mike. It is Mike, 100%. Oh, shit. <laughs> but I would say that Mike definitely isn't because we have a whole host of podcasts, uh, various topics, and he's the same fucking person on every single one. Can- <laughs> cannot change at all. Uh, great. I don't want your life. I also just repeat the last line of every commercial I see and giggle <laughs> myself. <laughs> Never change, mate. Hags. All right, next question. The head of Fox Network... Uh, Jamie Kellner. Uh, nope, not that. <laughs> <laughs> Fox Network. Margaret Loesch put what on the line in order to give the green light to make X Men the animated series? Ryan. Ryan. Her balls. <laughs> close, so close. Mike. Mike. Her hand in marriage. It was both. Like I think those were both right away, like on the line. But uh, ended up being her whole dang career was had to be on the line wow. for this. For the X Men. Or the X-Men. Okay, next question. What other hugely successful TV show did only Margaret C. Worth in? Ryan. Ryan. Shit. Also Uh, popular in these times. Kind of the same vibe. Animaniacs. No, not that one. Mike. Mike. Freakazoid. No, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, more morph. Great. More More fucking morph. (laughs) More morph. She really just backed morph. Is all she did. I right. uh, what major issue caused the series to go on hiatus after its second episode and for the first two episodes to have to be re-premiered? Ryan. Ryan. The, all of the the animation mistakes, like yep, the hundreds and ton- hundreds of them. Just the tons of animations. Their inability to get this animated. It was unreal. All right. Next I read question. not that I've cheated, okay? Because I did not. Uh. I did not do research for trivia. But I read that, and this can't be right. But. It said that the second ep- the second part of Night of the Sentinels was missing 50 scenes. That's what I read, too. 50 <laughs> scenes. They were straight up like, I'm just not going to do it. Like, I, yeah, I have 50 uh, scenes I missing. I refuse. But do I'm they not going like, to do retakes. Do they mean cells? Like, how many scenes? 50 yeah. scenes of one episode? I simply... It's just beginning credits, end credits, we're out. <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolutely wild back 
behind the show. Uh, next question. Fox showed how big of assholes they were when they threatened to do what to the lead producer if he did not hand deliver the film from Korea five days before the air date. Mike. Ryan. Mike. Kill him. <laughs> Basically. But no. Ryan. You're thinking of Fox the Network now. Uh, uh, just fire him? They threatened not to pay him for the entire series. They would still put him to work, but they just weren't going to pay him. <laughs> we'll take his work, though. I don't Fox think so just either. has a whole set of rules that do not apply to anybody else. Apparently. All right, next question. What do the fans call Jean Grey's screams and moans? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mike. Mike. Orgasms. Close. Very close. Ryan. Ryan. Genegasms? It's genegasms. That's 100%. Yeah. <laughs> it is a point Which for Which is what Ryan. I call it when I wear denim. <laughs> you know what? You love the way your butt looks in denim. <laughs> Ryan, follow-up question. What else could the term genegasms mean? Uh, when you jizz in your, in your de- denim pants. <laughs> Obviously, 100%. That what else is it? Damn it. All right, next question. How many times did Mike have a genegasm while watching this episode? Mike. Mike. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. You know what? I'm just going to trust you on that. I'm going to say that's a point for you. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Little detail, what? though. How, how that half came out is that on the seventh time, <laughs> after the seventh time, it was still in his pants and he sucked it back in somehow. <laughs> <laughs> that even grossed Mike out. What term should we call all of the Mike screams and moans on the show? Ryan. Ryan. Snorgasms. So, Mike. Mike. Morphgasms. Morphgasms. I would call them mistakes. I'm going to give that point to nobody. Uh, which character was originally planned to be just a reoccurring character, but later became a main member of the cast? Ryan? Ryan. Is it Jubilee? It is not Jubilee. Mike. Mike. Beast. It is Beast, yes. Uh, hold on. You cut me off. I was going to say, do you believe it was Beast? <laughs> I was asking you. Sorry, next time I'll be sure to clear up that it is the end of your statement. Yeah. That one's on me. Remember if- that Ryan has to breathe four deep breaths mm-hmm. in between the first part of a phrase and the second part. Well, yeah, I yeah. have to say my name before answering. Why doesn't Cassie have to say her name before telling me that I'm wrong? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right, I'll switch it up. I'm sorry, this is on me. That was bad trivia hosting. So thanks for the notes. Um, you are behind, Ryan. Just a fun fact for you. All right, next question. In <laughs> Is this how Mike became a member of your pop filter? Ryan. Ryan. Believe it or not, it isn't. But I'm sure that there was some point early on where we fucking morphgasmed in our genes uh, a bunch of times upon meeting. Like, mm. I, I'm sure that this was an early me and Mike conversation. Yeah, I wish I could remember that because probably at that point I had not talked about this show in a decade. Yeah. Well, I I trust you on that. That's going to be a point for you, Ryan. Next question. Rogue has one power in the series, which is the only time she has said power in any X-Men cartoon. What is that ability? Mike. Mike. The power to have a perfect Southern phrase for any situation? I mean, yes. I just can't confirm that. That's not in all the other ones. That's in the comic book for sure. (laughs) It's got to be somewhere. Do you got an answer, Ryan? Yes. My answer will be, of course... Uh, just to to be that stylish at the mall, mm-hmm. she like Gambit was walking around in full trench coat and pink armor, yeah. and Rogue still had that sexy fucking mini dress. 
that's yeah ro- uh, gambit straight up looked like somebody you would have to call the cops on immediately upon entering uh, for sure and then uh yeah rogue just looked fly as hell but her real power was flying this is the only time she can fly in a cartoon oh. all right what comic book series was inspired and launched because of this series ryan mike ryan but there's a couple there, Cassie. There's X Men Adventures, which was based uh-huh. on the cartoon. That's that that's that came yeah. out right when the cartoon came out. But uh-huh. then also later on, uh, there was something called Secret Wars Battle World, which had a bunch of comic books about different dimensions of Marvel characters. And there was one of those was called X Men '92, which showed the further exploits of the X Men animated series team. Okay. Yeah, you did get it right, but I'm going to take away a point as well because of the douchey yeah. attitude. So yeah, <laughs> but I, no, I, I, I get that. You did I show it deserved it. several points for that. <laughs> it's going to be a net zero for me. That's the difference in our hosting styles. Cassie right. is a lot like the people on World Beyond. Uh, the smart one is also the weak one, and we should exp- <laughs> uh, we should punish them. And I'm also wearing corduroy always. <laughs> All right, what season aired out of order? Mike. Mike. Winter. Three. It was se- it was season three. What yes, the it fuck? was. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I gave you that answer before. I get zero points. Mike shrugs his shoulders as hard as he can, picks a number at random, and gets a point for it. Well, he picked oh, I remember right how crazy one. season three was. Uh. Okay, it's your chance now, Ryan. Why was this season aired out of order? Ryan. Ryan. Uh, because the person carrying all the reels to the office, they tripped and they fell. and <laughs> They all went over the ground and he had to stack them back up again. It's just a classic oops. Um, I wish it was that it was not. Mike. Mike. The O.J. Simpson trial was happening. <laughs> it just overtook everybody's lives. They couldn't even think about putting a show in order. <laughs> uh, no, the real answer is that different studios were animating the episodes, and they were aired according to the dates they were finished instead of the proper order. <laughs> so you would get storylines that came out two years later that should have been in the middle. So <laughs> this show is wild. But we have to when we watch it, we're going to watch it in the order that it aired, right? Yeah. So we can be just as confused as the children were. (laughs) We're not fixing it. All right. How does How does Wolverine distinguish shapeshifters from real people? Ryan. Ryan. The shapeshifters make him laugh. Morph was the only person that made him laugh. (laughs) Mike. Mike. Smell. It is smell. It is smell indeed. Uh, Follow up question: Why does Wolverine have a powerful nose? Ryan. Mike. Um, Ryan? He knows where he wants to knows. <laughs> God damn it. Point, 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 point. <laughs> the people are chanting for it. I can't deny I'm going to get a point for that. Mike, do you have an answer or is it is it that? Because he's Canadian and they can smell good a boot. That's what that's a boot. I honestly don't know and I'm glad you guys don't know either. What does Mike smell like to Wolverine? Ryan. Ryan. Uh, a Mighty Morphin Power Ranger. Kind of makes him laugh, but not really. Mike. Mike. Fear and piss. Fear and piss all day. That is going to get the point for sure. <laughs> all right. The writers had to fight to include which three characters to be a part of the series. Ryan. It'll be a point for each one. Ryan. Uh, okay. I'm going to guess Storm, okay. Bishop, and <laughs> see if I can think of another one. Uh, Nightcrawler. Mm, that is zero out of zero. I'm so sorry. Oh, I really thought it was going to be Storm as well. Uh, Mike, Mike. The Sentinels. Okay. Jean Grey, Professor X. You got two, Professor X and Jean Grey, 100%. The other one is Beast. I don't know why they really hated on Beast. 
I do like know why. Characters. Yeah, it's because those guys are dialogue heavy. And yeah. I mean, like, at least in the episode that we're about to talk about, Jean Grey seems like there's a leash attached to her neck and Professor Hex's little floaty mm-hmm. wheelchair. You know, that's not super dynamic. <laughs> All right. Last and final question. Who would each of us be out of those three left behind, almost left behind characters? Mike. Mike. Cassie's Professor X. Ryan is the beast because he's always pontificating. Absolutely. I'm Jean Grey because I'm sassy and I wear that thing around my face. (laughs) Excellent. Do you have any debates against this, Ryan? Yes. Cassie is Professor X. Mike (laughs) is the beast because he's so close to having the exact same amount of body hair. And (laughs) uh, I am Jean Grey because of my Jean Gasms. Excellent work. I'm going to give you guys three points each for that. Okay, and now our final point totals. Ryan, you got, this is five, seven whole points that round, my friend. Seven. Not bad, but Mike, you did get 12. Bup, bup, bup. Uh. So, I mean, for this round of trivia, so far it's looking like Mike is the biggest fan, but he did say it was formative to him as a person. So, yeah, I think it's a I fair g- title. I got to say that if I won that one, that would probably be the end of me and Mike. Like, that would, we would no longer be speaking anymore. <laughs> That's fair. All right, you guys, coming up next, we're actually going to talk about the first episode. All right, we are here, and we are finally, we, we've made it. We're going to talk about the first episode. Ryan, what did we watch? Tonight is the night that we meet young Jubilation Lee. Jubilee's mutant gene is kicked in, allowing her to create nondescript fireworks that are mildly annoying. This isn't great news because now her adopted parents wonder if they should kick her out, and the government is sending giant robots to capture her. Luckily, she happens to be at the mall at the same time as Storm, Rogue, and Gambit. These three take her to Charles Xavier's School for the Gifted, where she meets Professor X, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Beast, and the one, the only Wolverine. Taste buds, I ask you this. How does Jubilee work as the audience surrogate into a world of mutants? All right. Well, we'll go over the morph erasure from your paragraph. <laughs> he already has notes, so be prepared for that, Just, Ryan. No, uh, like the tone is already like like the paranoia. Like there's a conspiracy to delete morph from history. <laughs> a person who did not d- has never mattered. Not in this episode or any other episode. He got thrown over a fence one time. He is Wolverine's best friend. He made how me laugh. Uh, but I do feel like besides her, I don't know how she works as like the audience in there because like she, her style kicks ass. One, I related to her in that, but it was more like she was just like that teenager who doesn't want to be, I guess she was our character that we knew who to latch onto, like the character type of like this teen who is now in this new world and like lost, I guess. Yeah, and I think there's something so fascinating that every X-Men story starts off with a young girl going through this. There's Pride of the X-Men, it was Kitty Pride. then it was Jubilee, in the movies it was Rogue. They they know, I think there's something... Uh, all of them Wolverine tried to have sex with. All of them Wolverine tried to have sex with, <laughs> but there, there's something about like more inviting than if it was like a young boy, because a 15-year-old boy is the most annoying thing you can be around, so nobody well, wants to do that. 15-year-old boys are covered in boogers and jizz, so and that's and, not even their mutant power. And I think that there is something a little subtle, even in this bright, bombastic show, about like, I think the world is already harder and more dangerous for a girl of this age. And then this stuff happens. I actually think that it being Jubilee shows how much time had passed since Pride of the X Men, which wasn't that much. 
but enough where Jubilee had sort of taken that spot. Mm-hmm. Because Cassie, if you ever ask a guy like ten years older, five years older than me or Mike, mm-hmm. uh, when you were a kid, who was your crush? Before you could answer, before you could ask the question, they're like Kitty Pride. It was Kitty <laughs> Pride. Like people from the seventies are big fans. Um, but but now we have Jubilee. I don't know. I don't know if Shadowcat is ever in this cartoon. No, she's not. That's nice. And, and it's cool. Like in, in like feels pretty natural. Good '90s diversity that our main character is Chinese American. Yeah, and you can yeah. totally tell based on her super white face and her super white clothing. <laughs> they zoom in on her ID and it says it. You know how your high school ID says what ethnicity? <laughs> it said super Chinese. They did like so that was she's also a way for like the audience to connect by her adoptive dad is just a giant piece of shit, just a white old fat guy who sucks. And I was like, yeah, he, I'm he's proud like of we can't. That. He's like we can't get rid of her, or can we? Oh, yeah. Which is I think what all adoptive parents are always thinking. But yeah, so she's been with them for a year apparently, and then she started to. They, they love her. They say, uh, but they, they think the Sentinels are an outreach program. Uh, and I quote, for those unfortunate people, like, he feels like a good-hearted dummy, and then he goes, I just hope the neighbors don't find out. Like, yeah. it, it really is just like that. Karen. Like, it's just two Karens as their parents. good. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of crazy to see, like, this show doing that right off the bat. I was, like, surprised by that factor. I was like, oh, okay. They are showing well, that he is a piece of shit. And you know what? Before, before that, we get uh, footage of Sabretooth. Uh-huh. And right away. And this footage pops up, like, three or four times. Like, this is the... This is the X-Men animated series 9-11, where we just keep seeing this one footage of Sabretooth like, throwing cops and cars around. And right away, they're saying that like the world would treat all mutants as if they were extremists, mm-hmm. which I think is that's such fiction, right? There's no way that in real life we would treat all of one, one type of person does a thing. as if yeah, they were all no. extremists. Uh, it's interesting that this, the I'm guessing Loesch, the, the, the studio, had to fight to get this be the pilot because they wanted Magneto. They wanted to be like, no, there's bad mutants. And they're like, no, but what we're kind of trying to do is show like what bigotry you could do. So we want the Sentinels. They're like, no, we have to talk about how there's bad mutants. They're like, no, no, no. That kind of goes against the whole point of the show we're trying to make. And by, I mean, this is probably going to be more in part two than this one. But Sentinels, that just means humans. Like humans made those and control those. Humans are the bad mutants here. What was crazy is that the, the Sentinels are the solution but humans are running afraid, and they, they say that it is a private organization who owns the Sentinels right now. So it is, it's like if I just decided to hit people with my car and be like, I'm a hero. <laughs> like, it's all the normal people in the mall. Like, there's so much property damage, and this Sentinel is not good at its job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really bad. But that is, like, how do you guys think they did with, like, um, her getting her new powers and how everybody treats her as she's, like, all of a sudden has this thrust upon her? Well, I mean, yeah, the parents are freaking out, and they obviously have different worries than they should. And she does, too. And, like, the mutant gene has meant a lot of things over the years. Um, You know, like, the civil rights movement and all of that stuff and treating all of one race as, like, the worst of the race. Um, but the other thing too is puberty, and that's mm-hmm. what we see with Jubilee here. Is like right. she's running around being like, "Oh my god, I'm horny and my vagina's bleeding," and that's just that. It's that. That's sort of the story that we get here. Is I don't know who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm 
you know, like, I don't know who loves me. I'm going to rebel against everybody. If an arcade person screams at me, I'm going to scream right back at them because I'm a punk rock teenager. Yeah, I do like that she is a punk ass because he is right. She destroyed his machine and she just (laughs) screams at him and (laughs) runs out and knocks over uh, Storm and Rogue. And that's when we learned, like, that why I think people hate mutants is that they all speak in the stupidest way they can, normally in third person. Man. Okay, so, yeah, we do got to talk about, like, Jubilee now, she's in the mall, and she does get to meet each of these X-Men, like, a couple of these X-Men individually. And uh, just how did these moments go for you? Because, like, I was cool with how she met, like, Rogue and Storm, because that kicked ass. But, like, once once Gambit came on the scene, it was a lot. I could say Gambit is a lot. Well, first of all, uh, something I didn't think about when I was a kid, uh, Gambit probably smells like shit, right? Yeah. He probably stinks so bad. <laughs> well, he's Cajun. So. He's, covered, he's covered in, like, cigarette smoke and cologne, and it's probably disgusting. It's, and the, 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 the shop girl he's talking to at, like, a gaming store, I assume, because he's buying trading cards or playing cards, is super into him because not – it's you know he fucks good. He's that kind of dirtbag that like he has kids in every state. Oh yeah, <laughs> he lives on a houseboat somewhere. Well, I mean, just like her face, like you can see in her face. Oh, this guy fucking reeks. This guy yeah. is probably homeless. I am going to have sex with him. And basically <laughs> says it right. She keeps saying like, "Hey, by the way, while you're buying uh, all these cards, which I didn't think that Gambit had to do, uh, do you want to fuck?" And he straight up says, uh, "I wrote it down here." Um, or like, do you like cards? I like solitaire. Okay, that is unless I I got someone to play with. So he's just but like, I jerk so off every night. Unless <laughs> this motherfucker is having jingasms all the time, <laughs> unless he can fuck somebody with his stinky, stinky smell, uh, <laughs> and that's why he's gone from Rogue and Storm walking through the mall in smoking hot dresses in what I would like to call Mike, even though this is a little early to use this word. The Malpisode. This is the Malpisode. This is the Malpisode. Um, it did not take forever in this series to get to the Malpisode. I, I love that, that we meet the X-Men as they're being normal people because that's such a like formative part of who why why they're huge is we get to see them as folks all the time. It's X-Men playing softball. Like They need to buy clothes. Storm yeah. and Rogue. Or just like, like let off up. steam. You know, yeah. like They have to like go out and hang out with each other instead of always fighting other mutants. And that it's not all of them. Like, in my head, it's like, oh, the three of them get along, or Storm and Rogue really get along, and they're like, fine, we are taking the shared car, so Gambit, you can come too. Although we find out later that Cyclops is in the parking lot, just being like, where are you? I'm Cyclops. (laughs) Get out here. I've been waiting here for 44 minutes. We said we the car at 7.45, and it is 8.30. None of you showed up. I those boys you were talking to? (laughs) (laughs) Are their parents married? Their parents are not married. Were they the cause of the divorce? I'm Cyclops. I uh, Cyclops has always been in like my top five Marvel characters, and everyone hates him. And I didn't know why. It's because the importance of the X Men cartoon. They made Cyclops to be the fucking worst butt wipe Boy Scout of all <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, they did. That's what. And I do want to talk about. So then they take her back. You know, the Sentinels come. They like take her back to the mansion after this attack. Um, and she gets to meet all the other X Men. And this is where we get morph. We get. They just threw everyone at us here and I, I read that it was because like they wanted everyone so they could try to sell toys but it was a lot of characters we were introduced to luckily the x-men did us uh, and jubilee a favor they all went into separate rooms by themselves <laughs> and uh said catchphrases right when she walked by <laughs> yeah. so we knew exactly what everybody was let's break it down because the beast is in his lab upside down doing chemistry like a child's chemistry <laughs> experiment and that's that's what he says He's it would be quite volcano. disconcerting if this were to detonate 
disconcerting yet provocative. Like- Shut the fuck up. B- he's already Fraser. Two minutes into the episode, and he's fucking Fraser. There's so many easier ways to say that. Disconcerting yet provocative. Provocative. Shut the fuck up, bro. And uh, Morph is just repeating every commercial. Yeah, <laughs> he can see. Uh, Gambit and Wolverine are in the danger room. That's what she stumbles into the danger room, and it seems like it's just Gambit. Wolverine cuts through the wall to get into the danger room. He does not use the yeah. door. <laughs> Wolverine <laughs> is so over the top. Jubilee is a little surprised by this because she thinks it's weird that when two friends, uh, teammates, practice with each other, that they shouldn't. Uh, literally try to kill each other and also the room is trying to kill them and this made me think wait a second is the danger room the most insane idea that has ever <laughs> yes. been created for comic book <laughs> they're always they're, there's no pulled punches there's no like red shirt quarterbacks there's no like oh we'll put uh sparring gear on it's just murder all yeah, the time all murder look and that just be just because you're a good educator does not mean you're a good inventor, Professor X. Like, not all your ideas are good. You should have a staff. <laughs> like, maybe you should have some sort of athletic coach who covers that part of it. He should have a staff like Gambit? Yeah. Yeah. Or Donatello? It, like, disappears, then reappears however you want. It doesn't explode for some reason. Everyone should have that. But after, so we meet everyone, and then they find out that there is um, somebody in the mutant control agency who's, like, working against them. They got, like, a mole there. So uh, this is, at the very end we get to see them like break into this MCA and this moment get, got to see everybody team up for the first time. We got to see them use their powers. Like, were you guys excited? Yeah. What's, what's great. Is, so they don't know about Sentinels yet. And they're like, what the fuck was those giant robots? Let's go find out. Uh, Professor X specifically says storm, take these three and just, you guys go. And then they all go. Cause nobody yeah. wants to listen to <laughs> Professor X. Well, he says storm, you take these three and then you go. And then also Cyclops is your leader. And then Cyclops and Storm are like, wait, what? Wait, so who, who the fuck is the leader then? <laughs> and then Gambit's like, uh, well, what the fuck? Which made me think, that, like, is Gambit the rookie? He, like, he's the new guy. He's like, oh, why can't I go? Professor X is like, you haven't learned yet. And then Wolverine's like, I'm not going to go. I'm going to go somewhere else. And then all of them are there. <laughs> Every single up. one shows up. But at least they get, uh, they land their plane. I don't think we see it yet. And they walk through the woods to tell each other. It feels like they all just met. It's first day of team because they're all telling each other their backstories and how they got their powers. <laughs> yeah. Moment of the week for sure. For sure. Is Rogue. Walking through the woods with the with the X Men, and she's like, "Wow, we can't touch each other." That reminds me of a time I couldn't touch anyone. Nobody bites. Nobody <laughs> takes the bait. And so, so she's like, "All right, I'll just tell you my origin story," and, and then just know, barfs out an origin story. Every mission. This is if every episode I started talking about how I was friends with Lunchly. Oh my god, Rogue! We know. We fucking know. But then she does, she she tells Cyclops that he looks as nervous as a long tail cat in a room full of rocking chairs before they jump in. Gotta have that moment. God, I can't wait for there to be like more action scenes because uh, every time they had they had new little phrases. Each time there was any moment of excitement while they break into there. So this second half, I'm very excited for. And uh, you guys, we are almost out of time to talk about this episode. But before we oh, go, shit. I have so <laughs> much stuff. Do you want to do you want to blast out some things right now? Yeah, I'm going to go rapid fire. Yeah. Uh, first of all, fuck Wolverine. Wolverine's a dick. I love yeah. how they uh, they throw in the Cyclops versus Wolverine animosity. Yeah, and- cool, because they're like a paramilitary force. They they take commands, and Wolverine's like, nope. And Cyclops is just like, well, there's a chain of command. That's when Wolverine says he goes where he wants to go. At one point, B says, well, are any of us secure? 
At least that's what a minor poet said. Fuck you, beast. Have you <laughs> written a poem? Who are you to call somebody a minor poet? Fucking uh, idiot. You can tell Wolverine's a dick because Jubilee knocks him on his ass and they all just sit around pointing and laughing instead of explaining to Jubilee what happened. <laughs> She's in the corner tripling. Like, oh my God, my powers. Um, I I didn't think that Sentinels were like the smoothest sort of like operation to fix this until Jubilee walks down the street past one hiding behind a building. <laughs> A, a, a giant robot taller and bigger, wider than the building, sneaks around and hides behind... <laughs> well, it's, it's robot hands were in front of its robot eyes, so... Also, her foster parents are not just bad because uh, how they feel about mutants in Jubilee. They, the, the government people are like, do you know friends? And like, it's only been a year. We don't know anything about her. Oh my God, you should know fucking everything about her at that point. But also, fuck Jubilee, because in that part, she's like, oh, what is going on? I used to be so normal. And when she says that, she pulls down her clear pink glasses and puffs up her giant yellow collar on her raincoat. When was she normal, guys? What kind of music does she listen to? <laughs> that I do want to find out. I hope we do at some point. All and right. then I think the, the most telling moment of the show, sorry, Cassie, one thing, is oh, that there's a fight that goes into a comic book store, and two people animatedly crush a comic book wreck and destroy it, and now the comic books cannot be read. And how telling is that, that this is when the show knew that paper superheroes were done, and now it is time for the animated ones to take their throne. With such good animation. All right, are you guys ready to give away some awards to this Hell yeah. so amazing ready. episode? All right, first award we have to give away is, of course, MVP. we got to start with the most valuable player. Uh, Ryan, who do you got for this? I got to say that because of like the mentorship and the fucking sheer powerfulness, it's Storm. Yes, uh, my, same. Yes, okay. 100%. It's clearly Storm. Storm is the one who, uh, in the mall, says like, bye-bye, maxi dress, I am Storm. And yeah. then she's just in costume. Rogue doesn't have the time to get out of her dress. What's awesome about that is... Uh, that just because she's the MVP and is like obviously the clear hero, that doesn't mean she's infallible because she gets so extra, talks in third power, talks about the goddess of the winds, yeah. that Rogue's like, chill out, lighten up a little. Like, let's just go beat this robot up. I would buy that like actually Storm is the newest X-Man before Jubilee, and she's just so into it. She's like, <laughs> somebody said, like Gambit's like, hey, Storm, could you pass the salt? She's like, I am Storm, and I will... <laughs> the winds will wind. take the, storm to, uh, the salt to you. Hits him right in the eye with the salt. But yeah, she's also the only one who like tried to give her any information. Like you said, everybody yes. else just like laughed. Like she was the only one who was like, "This is a child yeah. who is new to this. Let me help a bit." She's like, "Jubilee, can we go outside on the balcony so I can explain any of this shit? Because <laughs> this is probably confusing to you." We and I know these fucks. They will not. <laughs> they will not explain. You will get nothing. So Ryan, you were speaking for all of us there. I'll give you the point for that. All right, our next award is LVP, least valuable player. Uh, Mike, let's start with you this time. It's It's got to be Jean Grey. As Ryan said, it feels like she has a leash tied between her and Professor X. And in this episode, and a lot of them, it does just seem like she's the walking lady version of Professor X. She, I, She's supposedly super powerful, but never goes into the field. They never say why. He, she's his weird secretary, and I don't like it. Okay. All right. That is a strong contender. Ryan, do you have anybody different? Yeah, I have to go with Cyclops. Uh, his fucking... Uh, looking at his watch, it's like it's probably a calculator watch. It's it's like oh, if I have to do math, I can do it. But right now, I'm seeing that you're late from the mall. Uh, <laughs> he he's, he's also yeah, 
It's like he's there to report back to Professor X, and everyone knows it. Uh, Cyclops in this episode. I hope it gets better, but it, he fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Professor, they went over their allowance to buy those dresses. <laughs> you, he absolutely would say that. He absolutely <laughs> would say that. If I didn't watch it, I would think that was a line. Uh, I actually have somebody different too. I have Wolverine as least valuable player for this one because, like, he's just so over the top. He's there to just fuck things up, just complain, just start fights. And the Hell one yeah, time he when he tells them, like, they're, like, trying to get across and he smells the freaking, like, lasers. And they're like, you could smell it. And he just says ozones, which doesn't help anybody else. And <laughs> Storm has to come and, like, be like, look, now you can see them. All he does is, like, look it, I got a nose. Like, this that's, fuck. That's such, like, dude-chick relationships, though. Yeah. Like, the dude's <laughs> like, uh, ozones? And then Storm's like, here, I'll, I'll do it. I'll just fucking do it. Let me make it where we can actually help. He was my boy, man. I loved him as a kid. (laughs) I don't understand why people like Wolverine, because for so many people, this was their first introduction. And he's like goddamn Bender from The Breakfast Club, walking around going, shut up. You suck. I'm cool as shit. I'm cooler than you are. Everything was banner at the Wolverine house. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... Ryan, I do like. I would have given the point to you, but I, I'm going to give the point to me on that one because I feel like Wolverine was just overlooked on that one because he's a beloved character. Honestly, honestly, I didn't even think that he was eligible. Like, <laughs> yeah. we're supposed to think he's so cool, but no, you're right. Least he didn't he didn't do anything. So, all right, our next award is best use of powers. Uh, Ryan, what do you got? I got a shocker here, guys. Storm okay. showed off her powers a lot, but mostly just to show them off. Yeah. I'm going to go with Jubilee. She fucking throws her water balloon fireworks directly at the Sentinel's eyes, and then they're able to get out of there. This will probably be the only thing that Jubilee does for the rest Ever. of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I kind of think, and like the, the Sentinel is able to like beat back Storm and Rogue, but Jubilee is the one who kind of takes them out. I'm going to go with Jubilee. Okay, I like it. You are right about that. Uh, Mike, what do you got? I think Cyclops shows why he's in charge, not just because he's the narciest and will fill up the Jeep while they're in the mall shopping, but it's the Sentinel walks out. He doesn't know what's going on. And he's like, ah, you got laser beams. So do I. And then just decapitates the Sentinel right away. He does handle it, but uh, it just, it can never be the narc, Mike. It just can't be the best use of powers. Um, I got a narky narc and a funky bunch. My best use of powers is just Beast using his power of being the ultimate douche to drop a hotline before monkey barring it over some lasers, because I don't. He, it's all he got is like muscles and monkeyness, but he's also got that personality where he just has to be over the top. So I are think we gonna I, find out what like Cassie is into? Yeah, by watching this, muscles and, and smart dudes, and snarkiness, <laughs> just himbos. That's it, uh, Ryan. I think you were right on that one. I'm gonna give that point to you. Okay, and I mean, come on! Like, she's never gonna win this award again, right? That's yeah, what give it to her. depower her after this. It's gotta go. Uh, next award is for best joke. Mike, what do you got? I don't know if this counts as a traditional joke, but uh, Morph is making fun of Gambit and puts his Gambit's head on Morph's body, and then he laughs at Gambit. Looks scared, and he laughs in Morph's voice and Gambit's voice simultaneously, and it's so unsettling. And Gambit <laughs> looks even more scared. <laughs> It's like a trick and all in one. It's a trick and a joke. He d- he really exploit- displayed his uh, talents on that one. Yes, exactly. Oh, Ryan, what do you got? That would fuck me up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine is, and yeah, this is not, I would not call this a comedy, but mine is uh, when the arcade owner comes out and says, uh, hey, do you know how much that machine costs? And Jubilee's like, yeah, 
a quarter. And I don't even understand. Yeah, I don't even understand why it's so badass, but it is. Um, And it's pretty clever. But, like, it doesn't make sense because Jubilee knew what he was asking. Like, that machine probably cost, like, $4,000, $5,000. But she says, for her, it just cost a quarter. It doesn't totally make sense but that's still. teenage style logic yeah, yeah. that's and, perfect and she did that thing where she took takes her fingers and like scrapes the bottom of her neck like ah a fucking quarter <laughs> get out of here okay manager face dandruff to you that's what it's all it means to her is a quarter that's all it's worth that's actually what i have written down too because that line just so good the and the fact that she puts her glasses down right after like she hits it so hard uh so i'm gonna give that point to you ryan and our i think this is yeah our final award is for best gasp line. Uh, Ryan, let's start with you. So this was new to me, right? Like, we talked about how, like, this is the first serialized thing. And I also think that also shows didn't care about commercial breaks. And this is the first show that I saw. And the big one here is Wolverine and Gambit. Uh, as far as Jubilee knows, which means as far as we know, they're about to fucking kill each other. And Wolverine says... This game is over. <laughs> and then we think that he's going to murder Gambit. And I think that's the biggest. <gasps> yeah. It was like if they would have had a murder in the front to play with us like that. It <laughs> Wouldn't that have been fucked up? <laughs> just straight off the bat. <laughs> All right, Mike, what do you got? I mean, there um, was one other murder earlier than that. Uh, Jubilee's like, a quarter? And that fucking arcade <laughs> yeah. game, he died. He fucking he died right died. there. <laughs> Uh, mine is a different kind of gasp line. It was like, oh, shit. And it is uh, Beast quotes Coventry Partmore. Uh, and that's when he says, a minor poet for a minor obstacle. He has to burn mm-hmm. somebody who's not there just to let everybody know I have this poem memorized and they're a shitty poet. I'm sorry. What is the poet's name? Coventry Patmore. Hmm. I'm real shocked that somebody named that became a poet. That's <laughs> fucking crazy to me. Uh, yes, uh, Mike, that's what I have written down as well, because it was just unreal. I gasped not because of an oh shit, but because of a, my God, they did that. So <laughs> I'm That was sort that of poetic, point. right? I gasped not because of an oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Riverside poem for sure. Uh, all right, you guys, that's all the awards we have to give out. Mike, me and you tied with one award each. Ryan, you swept it with three whole awards going to you. Shit. But really, they went to the X-Men, so got to give it up to the X-Men, the animated ones. And you guys, that I is... I bet they win a lot of these awards. Oh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I bet coming up in the future that will happen. All right, you guys, that is all the time we have for this show. So now all we got to do is plug some things. Mike, can you tell us about some websites? Go to yourpopfilter.com for everything we put out. If you want to hear us talking about the X-Men more, and uh, Ryan hinted at the Battle World, Battle World, you can go find an old article series where we wrote true. about Battle World, Battle World. Uh, go, go look into that. Throw in a slash Amazon at the end of yourpopfilter.com. That is how you can shop and get your holiday gifts while helping us as well. And uh, if you want even more extra tent, go to patreon.com slash your pop filter, pick a tier and get some more shit. Everybody loves more shit. Ryan, speaking of more shit, we got some more shit shows. Can you tell us about those shit shows? Yeah, we have a lot of shit shows. Uh, you're listening to the Superhero Show Show. We also have Movie of the Year, where me and Mike and somebody else, we call him Not Cassie. We try to figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. Right now, we are working on 2001, and it's been pretty good, right, Mike? I've been loving it. It's no 1985, which is now legendary, but... 
I've heard that the movies might not be the quality, but something about the host is just like, Mwah. Oh, fuck. Mike is hosting. In case anybody couldn't read between those lines. Yeah, what that meant. <laughs> what the chef's kiss meant at the end there. That meant uh, Mike's it, in charge of it. So please rate, review, and subscribe to that. And if you want to hear where Mike learned all of his hosting duties by listening to every third episode, the Cassie episode, go download Unnatural 20, subscribe, rate, and review that, where Cassie... And her non-Mike and non-Ryan friends go through what it's like to be unnatural in your 20s. Yeah, it's so important for us to have other friends, but refer to them and compare them as the non-versions of each other. And I think that's Is there any other way? There is no other way. way. Uh, Mike, can you tell us about social media? At your pop filter on Twitter, on Instagram. Go there. Go there. We also got an email. It's contact at your pop filter. If you want to watch X Taz along with us and let us know who you'd give these awards to if you feel like we're not giving them away right. If you just want to Ooh. scream with the boys about this, like just email us. Let us know. We would love to get those. Uh, next week, you guys, it's another big episode. We're always doing a big episode, but this one we're finally going to focus on the other Walking Dead shows with the new episode of Fear the Walking Dead, plus the second part of Night of the Sentinels on X Taz, the podcast formerly known as the Superhero Show Show, and you know which one of those we're more excited about. So uh, be sure to tune in for that. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For me, I am me. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>